Thanks. Perfect. Um, <laughs> it's a, it is what it is. All righty. So today, today marks another holiday in our culture. Now, a holiday is just another way of saying a holy day. Uh, why do we call them as such? Because they're special days. They're unique from others throughout the year in which we dedicate to remembering something. And we have examples of this. We can think of Thanksgiving where we give thanks. We take time to give thanks. We think of Christmas when we remember the coming of Christ. We think of Veterans Day when we think about our veterans. Memorial Day, those who have died in service. Independence Day when we remember our nation's independence from tyranny. Um, And recently, Mother's Day when we remember our mothers. Now today, it's one of those days. Today is a day when we take time to consider those who have been with us, individuals without whom we would not even exist. Yes, the other side of the spectrum from Mother's Day, Father's Day. Um, Carissa, I don't know if she was joking. I'm going to assume that she was. She was like, you should just say, um, you know, Happy Father's Day and then let everyone leave. (laughs) And then that'll be my gift to fathers today. Um, I thought about it for about, <laughs> for about five seconds. I'm not going to lie. It took me about five seconds to be like, man, I don't know. That could be really, I don't know. No, you're going to have something, but it's, it's going to be shorter, but it's not going to be five seconds or that's it. So fatherhood. Okay, fatherhood is something which our broader society has neglected in recent years. Um, like mothers and motherhood, fathers and fatherhoods have uh, taken quite a beating from where it used to be. Whereas in the past, fathers, they were respected. All too often in the media and in the culture today, fathers are given a lack of respect. All too often, they're seen as the bumbling fools of the family. Um, And we can think of shows today. The Simpsons. (laughs) Uh, Homer Simpson, the bumbling father. Uh, Modern Family, their father, I think, is that too. Um, But that's how it's perceived. The guys who who rarely try, when they do, they just befuddle things, and things just fall apart almost instantaneously. Um, And in the end, they just get in the way. That's how society perceives fatherhood usually. So like mothers and fathers and fatherhood in general, it's in need of defending. It's in need not only of defending, but also of understanding. Where can we go for understanding For the importance of fatherhood. When we consider fathers and fatherhood, what is the best place to look for understanding in this concept? Well, we know that fathers and fatherhood, it's a gift from God. And so it seems appropriate to seek out the scriptures to find out what it says about fathers. And of course, we do want to be wise about that. We don't want to go to like, I don't know, Solomon. (laughs) But there are places in the scriptures that are very clear. Um... Like our mothers, for fathers, the first place that comes to mind in the scriptures is Paul. When he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you in the land, that you might live long in the land. Um, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, there are a number of things to consider from this verse. The first is the necessity for children to obey their parents. 
the basis for Paul saying this is the Ten Commandments. Paul recognizes that of the Ten Commandments, it is this one which comes with a promise. That they will go well with you, things, and that they will live long in the land. The promise then is that they would have a long life, as well as a blessed life. Obedience to our parents clearly has importance to God. He wants us to obey our fathers. He wants us to especially honor them in this way. It is honoring to our fathers when we take heed of their wisdom and their knowledge, when we seek them out for understanding, and when we obey them when they speak to us. However, that does not mean that fathers are to act in a way that they want, in whatever way they want. While it is true that we are to obey them, that does not give them the free reign to do things as they see fit in their own eyes. Instead, we are told that they are not to provoke their children to anger. Thus, fathers should refrain from doing things which would cause their children to look scornfully upon them. Being a domineering father can have this effect on children. Being a father who does not love can do this as well. The goal for fatherhood, then, is not to cause your children to hate you or to do things which would cause them scorn or anger. Instead, there is a better way. And Paul recommends it by saying, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Notice, Paul does not say, do not discipline your children. He does not say, give them everything that they want. Instead, he calls on fathers to bring their children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. The Lord, he disciplines. He chastises his children. However, the goal for such discipline is not for us to hate God, but to see the difference between right and wrong. The scriptures teach that God disciplines those he loves. Why? Because discipline teaches us when we are in the wrong so that, in the end, we can be made right. But it does not end with discipline. They are also called to bring up their children in instruction of the Lord. Do you know what this means, fathers? It means that we have a responsibility to teach and train our children in the ways of God. We have a responsibility to teach our children of God, the God of the Scriptures. What does this require of us? Well, it requires us to be knowledgeable about God ourselves. It requires us to be willing to learn more about God so that we can further train our children in his ways. It will not do for us to be stagnant in our knowledge of God because then our children will become stagnant as well. Instead, we are to continue our own pursuit of knowing this God, this God of the scriptures. So do you know what this means even fully? It means that we are to be theologians. Theology comes from two Greek words, theos, which means God, and logi, which means study. Thus, theology means the study of God. To be a theologian means that one studies and gains knowledge in knowing God. This means we need to read our Bibles, but it also means we need to be aware of our church history. It means being willing to teach what we have been taught, but also making sure that what we teach and what we have been taught are right. 
So from this, we learn a few different important things. The first is fathers, they deserve to be honored. They're supposed to be honored and obeyed. They are our fathers for a reason. God has placed them in our lives for his glory. And we can be sure that God would not make such a mistake. They are to be disciplinarians to train their children. But also, we need to remember that fathers are called to be theologians, to understand God, to seek God, and to know more about God as they themselves continue forward for the benefit of their children. Now this, of course, leads to another point found in these verses, and that is that fathers are called to be instructors. But before we reflect on that, It is not only in this text in Ephesians that we find this case. Consider a few verses from the Proverbs. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendants for your neck. That's Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. And hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Proverbs 4, 1 through 2. A primary purpose of fathers are to be theologians, and because of this, they are called to teach. We saw how Paul used this same concept when describing the father's role of instruction. Now, I find it interesting within the context of modern society that this is the case. And why is that? Well, consider society. Who are the ones who teach? Teachers. Um, They are the knowledgeable ones who have all the information. Parents, especially fathers, are not seen as instructors today. Um, They are seen as providers at best. Yet the scriptures are clear that fatherhood involves teaching, taking our children under our wings and showing them the paths which they should follow. It is not surprising that this is the case. Fathers are important for our development as human beings. They, like our mothers, are the foundations on which our knowledge begin. How they train us then will have repercussions for the rest of our lives. We see this in society at large as generational habits form for both good and for ill. Fathers have a responsibility to make sure that they are training their children in the right and good ways of the Lord, helping form habits within their children which are good. Now the truth is, these things are not only applicable to our biological fathers. Consider what we read from 1 John 2, 12-14, and you might remember this when we were going over it back when we preached through 1 John. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you show him... Who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men. Because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children. Because you know the father. I write to you fathers. Because you know him. Who is from the beginning. I write to you young men. Because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Now in these verses. We find hope. On many counts. The first is. For those who feel as though. They have failed in some capacity with fatherhood in general. The simple truth is, it is never too late to be a good father in the church. Those in this younger generation are in need of seeing men of faith who persevere. 
Men who are faithful to Christ, who give their lives to obedience to him by loving their wives, by teaching their children, by gaining wisdom of the Lord. There are those who are like myself, who are younger, who always need to be reminded and taught. And in that sense, you older men of the church are fathers of the faith. You're our fathers of the faith. Our mothers, last month, they were called on to make their shoulders strong for the next generation. And this is no less true for each of you men in this congregation, no matter who you are. Whether these are your biological children in mind, or whether they're your spiritual children, it does not change the fact that you are fathers to those of this younger generation within the church. Not only fathers as fathers, but grandfathers as well. So we see how this gives each of us further hope. For one, let's say you didn't have the greatest father growing up. Maybe he wasn't around. Maybe he didn't do a great job teaching. Or the teaching and instruction he gave were harsh, and it caused you pain more than anything else. Well, here in the church, by God's grace... You will find fathers who will take care of you, who will watch over you, who will love you and cherish you, instructing you in the faith. This is their role. It's their call. As older generation of men, to lead the younger generation in the truth for our benefit. But it should also give us hope for those who feel as though they could have done better, but weren't. Could have been better, but weren't. Those who are biological fathers who, in their minds especially, feel like they failed. Um, While here, in the church, there is always redemption. You can learn here from other men how to be better. Not only for your biological children, but also for your spiritual children. You can continue to grow. Some might fear that there is no hope for change. But in Christ, we know that change is possible and it does happen. Likewise, it gives us hope for this family of believers. It reminds us that we are not alone on this road of faith. We who are younger have this older generation to see what it looks like further down the road. To encourage us and to guide us further on this path. Though things look dark for us, though we struggle... We know that the men before us have struggled too. And still God has kept them in his grace. Thus we should find peace in our elders as they train us not only intellectually, but also in the very reality of God and what he bestows upon us by his grace, his mercy, and his love. Now one final thought that comes with Father's Day is found throughout the Old Testament. We actually just saw it when we read in 1 John. But it's something especially that we find in the Lord's Prayer, which we pray together every Sunday. Our Father who art in heaven. The concept of God being our Father is strong within the Scriptures, but especially in the New Testament. It stems from Christ, His atonement, our redemption through His blood. It is through Christ we are able to pray to our God as our Father in heaven. The concept of God being our Father has direct ramifications for each of us. 
It means that we are no longer merely created beings, but it means that God took each one of us who are in the faith as his own children. It means that when he looks at you, if you are in Christ, he sees his own child whom he loves. Often we can think that it is the case with all people, but the truth is the scriptures teach very explicitly that it is those who are in Christ who experience this particular love of God. And it is a love which is unlike any other kind of love, for no other love can be as complete as the love of God the Father has for his Son. And hence, no love can be as complete as his love for each of us. Thus, above all in the church, above all other fathers, is our great God, who loves us as our own Father. For those of us who are fathers here on earth, it is to him we look when we want to understand what it means to be a father for our children. It is he whom we are called to reflect. We consider his ways, how he is gracious to us, loving toward us. He disciplines us, encourages us, teaches us, abides with us. He's compassionate towards us. So we are to be toward our own children. We have the greatest teacher when it comes to fatherhood, and that is God himself. It also means no matter the circumstances, we can be sure that we are not fatherless if we are in Christ. We all have a father in heaven who watches over us with his grace and in his peace. This also reminds each of us, each of us men especially, that fatherhood is not something trivial. It is a reflection of God himself. Thus, it is no small thing to be a father. It is a high calling, a great blessing to be a father. And because of this, we should strive all the days of our lives to be the best fathers we can be for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we know our Father in heaven, and for the benefit of our biological children, and our spiritual children here in the church. Fatherhood is no easy thing. I know fathers are saying, yep, if only our mothers would understand that. Mothers are like, if only you'd understand motherhood. Um, But the truth is, it comes with its fair share of heartaches. It comes with its own sorrow. Watching our children go old, knowing that each one will experience their own sorrows, Recognizing that there will be times when our children must face things on their own. Our hearts can break knowing that each will experience life and knowing how much hurt there can be in life. Now if that is the case, if our, children's, or our children must face a dark world, then let us continue to shine the light of Christ on them, that they may find their way homes if ever the darkness gets too dark giving them strength for the future, letting mercy lead, and letting grace be in every one of their steps. My hope is the same as it was with Mother's Day, that we would remember our fathers, not just our biological fathers, but also those who are our spiritual fathers. All of these men and those men who have watched over us over the course of our lives, and that we would give thanks to God for them. No Christian is without cause of praise for fatherhood.
For even if we have had imperfect biological fathers, we know our great Father in heaven who watches over us in love. So today, celebrate fathers. Pray for them that they would receive wisdom and grace to continue to lead their families further into the gospel of Christ. Encourage them each day to remain faithful to the calling of what God has called of them as fathers, honoring them in that calling. To all of our fathers, both spiritual and biological, those who have affected me personally so greatly, and Dan, since you're here, I'll say you too. Um, actually, everyone. I give thanks to each of you on behalf of all of those whom you have touched. May God be with you today and all the days of your lives. Amen. Let us pray. Father, again we thank you. We thank you for what you have done through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we can come to you as our Father and that for all of those who are fathers, we have an example to look forward to. So Lord, give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. To all of the fathers who are here today and who aren't here today, Lord, we ask that you would give them strength. That you would give them resolve to not be as the culture would have them to be. To not settle for anything less than what you have called each of them to. And Lord, give them hope. Because there is hope. There is hope in your son, Jesus Christ. There is hope that they can continue forward. That they can have strength. Even when it is hard. Because the strength, as we know, comes from you. We thank you so much for our fathers, Lord. We thank you so much for what you have provided for us through them, our biological and spiritual fathers. And again, we ask you to bless them. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Please rise as we sing our final hymn.